Live from Music City, Nashville, Tennessee, this is J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez. A trip of music discovery, Jamie is picking people he thinks you'll really like. Musicians, artists, producers, and everyone involved in the world of music. Here's your host, Jamie Rodriguez. What is up, everybody? Welcome to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. This is your host, Jamie Rodriguez, this and every week, of course, and we hope everybody is doing great. Wanted to plug in that we are approaching our episode number 200, and we are going to do a special. It will probably air on July 30th, and it is going to be a live show featuring Britt Taylor, the Country Americana star, Adam Chaffins, and Miles Miller, uh, also drummer for uh, Sturgio Simpson. There's going to be great performances, great stories to celebrate the Milestone 200 episode. So thank you guys for tuning in. Just have that on the radar, July 30th. Now guys, today's guest is completely a creative atomic bomb. He is absolutely fantastic. James Prisner, um, Canadians may know him very well. Maybe in America the name doesn't sound so familiar, but he is the frontman for Rare Americans. These people are the real deal, guys. They're a genre-bending Vancouver punk band. They've been they've built a passionate fan base with their all-in-it melodies and inventive storytelling. They've created characters, just like Gorillaz, for example. Their music and messages, you know, have meaning. Uh, and, and James has just completely created a universe more than a band with these characters and this band. It is absolutely unique. Since their debut in 2018, the band has amassed over 150 million global streams, 500,000 social media followers. They've won a Juno Award, which is Canada's biggest award in 2020, for their song Brittle Bones Nikki. They've had their song featuring Warner Scoop, the movie soundtrack, and a spot on the Billboard Top 100 album charts as well. So these people are the real deal, and the music is absolutely stunning. You guys will absolutely love it. Uh, especially this episode, James just opens up about the journey of the band, how it opened, how it started, where it's going, about the characters, and about, uh, you know, just the relationship with the fans. It was a true, true joy to have James Prisoner of Rare Americans today on the show. Really, a quicentennial 2021 band, you know, they do it all. They absolutely do it all, and we're thrilled to have them. If you want to find out more about them, rareamericans.com. So without further ado, guys, James Prisoner on J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. Hey, man, how you doing? Look at that compound. I mean, so I'll feed the dog for the audio audience. There was a dog and now there was a cat that just showed up. Oh, yeah, I got a, I got a crazy Bengal kitten. I dig it, man. Like, like, is this like your creative compound? It's wonderful. It's colorful. You got animals going around. Like, what is this? Yeah, man. I, I like to keep it fun, keep it entertaining. I, uh, I got a zoo here and uh, pretty much I got all the crazy colors. My whole house is a mural. Um, besides, besides this room, this room's actually entirely made out of cork. Um, so you can easily tack things into the wall. So, oh, I dude, do. that's, that's genius. Okay. All there you go. Of, those are old, uh, old menus from like restaurants in the twenties. Right. Um, and, uh, all sorts of stuff. So yeah, I try to keep it, uh, as a fun house. 
Amazing, a beautiful mind, James Prisoner. Well, we're thrilled to that, that you're that you're joining us today. Obviously, you know the Rare Americans frontman, unique artist, unique individual. You know your the animation that you guys have had have had more than fifty million YouTube views, guys. Like three hundred thousand, three hundred like thousand subscribers. The numbers are insane. So you guys have created something that is really unique, James. And I think not just in music, but like in art. Like there's no parallels to what you guys have created. So congratulations. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, uh, it just it feels like we we work on this every single day. So um, yeah, uh, yeah it, it's sometimes it's uh, you forget to pat yourself on the back, I guess, because uh, I think we're so focused <laughs> on uh, what's next and I'm growing. Yeah. And um, you know, I'm I'm probably extremely guilty of that, um, opposed to just taking a step back and being like, hey, you know, we're we're we've done pretty good work. Right. Right. Exactly. So, and of course, you guys have an upcoming album. I don't know if, if it's been announced yet. We have the name here. Uh, it's Jamesy Boy and the Screw Loose Sue. Yeah. So that is going to be amazing. Can't wait for that. But let's start with this, uh, James, right? Because you uh, run an animation company, a media company. You develop concepts like we're seeing. You, you do the merchandise. You do the designs. And you craft a TV series and a novel. So question, do you sleep? James, huh. number one and how do you keep yourself like organized like serious question like how do you prioritize here um well sleep's important i sleep a lot i definitely sleep eight hours a night and make a priority <laughs> of that um uh good question um you know i think it keeps it fun because if you're constantly just doing one thing um you know it can sometimes it can just get just to be too much like I feel like when you work on different projects whether that's a video project or you know you talk about marketing or you switch to merch or the tv series or whatever um, you can often it'll spark a different part in your brain that when you go back to then songwriting or song production um, there's sometimes some crossovers and parallels there um, yeah. so I find that being able to mix things up a bit is um, fun keeps me on my toes, keeps me energized. Um, and I feel like it often can help, uh, the different projects, but, um, you know, that being said, I, I have definitely noticed one thing I, I probably my least favorite is, uh, marketing music promoting music. I mean, it's such an important thing in order to, you know, to, to get pre-saves and to build buzz for your track and get your fans yeah. pumped and promoted. But, um, I find that takes so much time, um, trying to come up with good marketing ideas, good social strategies, um, that it can really chip away at time of what I really enjoy. And that's creating content, whether sure. that's making songs, writing songs, producing songs, um, you know, writing scripts, or if it's working for the, you know, on the, the kind of the animation side of things, those are, that's what I really enjoy doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that's one thing I've been trying to, you know, learned, I guess, in the last six months is to try to utilize my time in the best way possible. And I think that's on creating things and uh, try not to to let a disproportionate amount of time go into, um, you know, not creating, I guess. Sure. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I'm, I'm with you. Social media nowadays for artists, it can take so much uh, energy. It a long time. Yeah, it really does. That's, uh, it, that's just part of, unfortunately, the job element of it, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, but at the same time, it's also a, a beautiful thing to be able to, you know, have somewhat of a platform or an audience that, you know, if, if you, you have to be good to your community too. They're investing time and energy and money. They're buying merch. They're coming to, 
to ticket or coming to shows. They're telling your friends about you. I think you, you know, you owe it to them also to interact with them and to put in a good effort um, because they don't, they don't get to hang out with you and every day and create with you, you know? Yeah. And since, since you brought it up, James, I mean, you guys have a really cool relationship with your fans. I mean, you, you zoomed with them, you know, you have have a real, like, it reminds you of like, you know, those Pearl Jam connection in the nineties with the fans, like something really special that you have there with the fans. Tell us a little bit about like, you know, you guys and rare Americans and the fan base there. I think from, (laughs) sorry, from, it's all good. It's all good. From uh, when she gets the ball, she doesn't stop. <laughs> uh, she's a border collie and a retriever, so she's obsessed. Um, I think from day one, uh, that was really important for us. Uh, I remember literally we launched this song called Cats, Dogs, and Rats, and we had an animated video, which I really liked. And we didn't really know what was going to happen. Uh, and then we, we blasted it live. And I remember um, just getting like thousands of views right away. Uh, and tons of comments we're getting hundreds of comments and this was like I was kind of brand new to YouTube so I literally just remember sitting in a cafe and being like shit man these are people who are interested in us like I got to make sure I talk to every single one of these people Um, so I literally just sat at that cafe for like eight hours straight and just responded to comments as they came in and you know it was very much like you know Hey, Joe, man, thanks so much for listening to us. Like, uh, you know, we're from Vancouver. We're, you know, we got a lot more stuff coming. Make sure you check out our Spotify and we appreciate you. And um, just really trying to make somewhat of a personal connection. Um, And then I quickly realized that it seems to be very rare. Um, People were like, holy shit, you're actually responding. I was like, well, of course you commented me, (laughs) you know, you're You're the first comments we ever got. Of course, I'm going to respond to you. Um, so I think it really started from day one. And now it's we try to be as approachable and, and open as we can be. And if people DM us, we usually DM them back. Um, Alfie, shut up. Um, you know, and, and then it and then with I think the pandemic kind of accelerated things. I think we became part of this Zoom culture um, as obviously we're chatting right now. Um, I think if it wasn't for the pandemic, conversations like this wouldn't be as prevalent and, and as, as normal. And sure. I think yeah. that, that's totally changed the game. I think for all businesses, all media, all everything. Yeah, totally. It's I mean, so- I, I used to be in radio, James, and then like, yeah, it, it was different type of, we had commercial breaks. It's like, it's like, we would have to be cut right now and be like, all right, James, like hold that thought word from our sponsors and completely lose the flow. You know exactly. what I mean? So, so, so it's been, uh, I hear you. It's been an interesting opportunity. Yeah, and- which is, it's also cool. So, I mean, that's, that opened up the avenue for Zoom and having Zoom calls with fans. So, you know, we did a bit of a series where I got to interview fans, essentially, was yeah. the idea. They didn't interview me. So I, I kind of wanted to learn who these people were and what made them tick. Uh, and uh, it was fun. I learned a lot yeah. about a lot of different people from all over the world. That's cool. And I think when you guys get back to stage, whenever that is later this year or whatever, you're going to have a different relationship now because like, they're not just people in the crowd singing your songs. It, it was right? like, Hey man, how's your university assignment? I remember <laughs> that you were working on your, uh, you were working on this project and you were trying to get it off the ground. Yeah. How's that going? You know, like totally. Yeah. That's and, cool. I, and, I, and I feel like for you guys and for other major acts, that's been a cool thing of the pandemic. Like 100%. the fans, the fans became like real entities, right? Yeah, you had time to sit back and kind of reflect. And, you know, it wasn't just like, holy shit, where am I today? Where am I tomorrow? Where am I the next day? It's like, okay, I got time now. Let's let's think about how to use this time. Man, James, like, 
we're not gonna cover everything. I, I have I could talk to you for seventeen hours, man. But sure. so no, dude. Okay, so like it's amazing because you are. Um, it, it's clear that you live with passion. Like just seeing your cork walls, seeing your animals, seeing your fashion, everything you do, you live with passion. That's what you're about, and I love that. It, it's. Do you think that that comes from? You know, you had a brain tumor when you were two years old. Do you think that part of that is like you know, life is. It can go in an instant. Life is one. No time to waste. This is our purpose. Let's fucking go get it. Could be a little bit. Could I be a little bit. The brain tumor was a long time ago. Maybe subconsciously that that plays into your your body. But I, I think I've always been attracted to that concept. I remember uh, Steve Jobs. Uh, he lived by a mantra of like, "I could be dead soon." Um, and he he said that at a speech he he gave at one of the Ivy League schools. I can't remember which one. Um, and he said. You know, the fear of failure and the fear of not being enough kind of goes away when you think about that. Like, hey, I could I could be dead soon. I could die yeah. tomorrow. And if I did die tomorrow, would I really be scared about what I'm scared about right now? Um, and, and, and those thoughts kind of go away once you realize, man, anything can happen at any point in time. You should just try and you should put yourself out there. Um, you know, and a lot of people who I... I like and look up to, I, I, they, they say that in, in their own unique way. Um, you know, I, I've heard a lot of people when they're, they're coming to the later stages in their life, um, you know, typically if they're asked, what do you regret? It's, I wish I would have done this, or I wish I would have done that, or I, I wish I would have taken, you know, that opportunity and put myself out yeah. there. And I wish I would have done that. Um, it's not often that you hear people say, Oh, I did this and I failed and it hurts so bad. It's usually when people are courageous about something, whether it's win or lose, they feel proud of that and they, they achieve something. So I feel like I'm, I've always kind of lived my life that way. And you have to kind of take risks and put yourself out there. And a lot of stuff isn't going to work. And most of it doesn't. But I think it's like you're one step closer to something that probably will work. Dude, that is the theme of this episode. Amazing. Not just a great artist, but man, motivational speaker. Like you have a pump, huh. dude. Amazing. It, oh. That's so cool that you're sharing this message. Absolutely, James. And um, okay. So you also played hockey. You were a tennis player and really goddamn good at it, especially hockey, where you were like in the junior, like what, like the best Canadian junior league, basically in, in, in the world or whatever. Yeah. You were almost a professional, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was a goalie. So I was the one where you, uh, I tried to save the puck and <laughs> right. So, so when, when did you decide? Cause you know, what was the intersection point in your life where you were like, man, like I have these two passions, sports and arts and music. I I'm, I'm going to go for the music here. Uh, when I was in my 19 year old year, so the Western hockey league, it's like the top uh, junior league in the world. Um, they draft to the pro league, to the NHL. Uh, and the, it spans from the ages of 16 to uh, 20. So when I was 19, um, I, I, I got a guitar and I was living uh, at a billet house. So you have curfew every night. Um, and I was just alone a lot. Um, I wasn't yeah. very into video games. It was like, I was a bit of an outcast, I would say, when it came to the hockey world. Um, I really mm -hmm. wanted to just do my own thing. And I liked music a lot. I liked reading a lot. I liked you know, arts and culture. And um, so, yeah, I, I had a lot of time alone when we weren't at the rink. And I remember I, I bought a guitar and 
I learned to cover a song and pretty quickly I just wrote a song and I had no idea what happened. Um, you and wrote it in like 20 minutes, right? Really quick. Yeah. And then I was taking like, uh, I decided to take weekly guitar lessons. And I remember I, I showed this guy this original song and he just wasn't used to that. I think all his students were coming and trying to learn Wonderwall and Green Day songs. And <laughs> I was like, I was like, hey, I wrote this song. What do you think about it? And he was like, he thought that was really cool. So I imagine, I remember every week for the year, I tried to make sure I had a new song I wrote for him for the next week. Um, and so I just did that like for the whole year. And the guy was like blown away by this. Um, and I didn't really get it I, at that point. I just thought it was easy. Um, and now I know that writing good songs is hard. Um, but uh, yeah, I just, I just became absolutely addicted to it. I just, that's all I wanted to do. I became hooked on it. I started bringing my guitar on the road um, and I just, Instantly, I just found like a, a connection to something I hadn't really ever felt so strongly about. And, you know, that's over 10 years later now, and I, I still love it just as much. So um, it's kind of the, the one thing I feel like I can do for 10 hours a day and happily wake up the next day and, and do it again, you know? Yeah, totally. I mean, and your music is so good. You create like your own sound. It's, it's hard to pinpoint the genre because <laughs> you just put so much good stuff in there. It's wonderful. Um, yeah, of course, James. And of course, you know, speaking of rare Americans, obviously you created a universe here, James, but like, I mean, people know, of course, you know, Alfred, the horse, you know, gas mask, these characters, man, hullabaloo, dude, this is just phenomenal stuff. I mean, this is like a stroke of genius. Was this almost accidental? Did you guys intended to be like such a part core of your band or did it become like that organically? A uh, bit of both. Uh, there was a bit of strategy involved. I'd say at the beginning, um, I was doing a lot of producing of live videos, uh, live action videos. So I had produced probably like five videos off our first record that were live action. Uh, and then we realized that the animated video, people seemed to really just dig it. They just, it was different. Um, so then we decided, okay, let's try this animation strategy uh, and see how that does. Um, so we found a company out of Toronto and commissioned them to do three videos. Um, and we released them as like a trio um, and people just loved it. They really connected with it. So then we figured, hey, wh why, why do these live action videos? They're so expensive. They take so much time. Um, we wanted to tell these big grandiose kind of stories and without a $200,000 budget and a six month time period, they're just very hard to pull off. So yeah. we said, hey, let's go all in on animation. and uh that's kind of what we did and now the challenge every time is creating new characters and figuring out how they link to the other one and I love it. it feels like now we've gotten ourselves like in deep and there's no really getting out of it so uh oftentimes now the 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 tricky part is like crafting the universe um yeah you have a universe now that's right so that's uh that's kind of our our next challenge um and it's, it's such a fun storytelling vessel um, because there's nothing too grand um, or, or smaller. It can be anything, really. Um, and that's what's fun about it. You kind of have no barriers. Um, so we've had a lot of fun with that. Man, so cool, James. You're being so good with your time. Let me leave you with this. Tell me a little bit about what is next for you guys as far as live is. Because, you know, you have new music. Your music has evolved. Um, you have these characters. Are you guys like you know, thinking of doing like a, like a tour, like say like gorillas did, or like, like, what are you guys thinking? What can you guys share with us? 
Um, I don't have a lot of interest in like performing behind a screen. I remember I, I listened to an interview with Damon Albarn and he was saying that yeah. um, they did that for the first tour, but because he came from Blur and he was so, he was such a front man, he hated it. He didn't like that he was behind and couldn't interact with people. So I think they scrapped that idea after the first tour. Um, right. So for us, um, I feel we'll take like a similar approach in terms of I definitely want to have like a screen uh, on, on stage and and have the lights that match up to the video colors and also have, um, I don't know, like a little mini Pink Floyd um, in nice. terms of, of having like, um, you know, two minute interludes that could have some uh, some dialogue and some characters in them. And then you go into the next song kind of thing. So nice. making it more than just like, you know, a rock band playing at a venue. Um, so that's that's kind of where we want to get to. Um, and we're uh, yeah, we're headlining a show in Vancouver in September as part of a festival here. That'll be the first time that Vancouver kind of opens up at all. Uh, so cool. and, and then next, uh, we're looking at a tour uh, in the first quarter of next year. Um, that'll take us to a, a bunch more cities. Cool. Well, I mean, well, hopefully you make it down to Nashville. If not, we'll come uh, and, and see you somewhere. I've never been to Nashville. It's a city that's high on my list, so uh, I'm I'm confident we'll get there for sure. We need a like the city. I mean, it's music city, obviously, but it needs a little craziness. It needs a little yeah. zany. It needs some color. So maybe that's right, your purpose. Well. Come we'll give bring, it some color. We'll bring all the color. I love color. So. I love it. Well, James, you've said it all. What a guy. What a talent, man. We gotta have you back on the show because I asked like five percent of what I wanted to ask you. So sure, man. Anytime. I really appreciate you having us. And uh, yeah. Uh, Totally. It's awesome. And we're very uh, appreciative. Rock on, James. Okay. Take care, have bro. a great day. You've been listening to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez.